gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Getting to the Top, where I interview transformational leaders about their leadership journey. And today I have none other than Simone Arden-Sulgan, who is a good friend, uh, a fellow mommy, and, and an absolute phenomenal human being. What I love about this conversation that I'm about to have with Simone is that we're both women in tech, and there are far too few women in tech. And so what I want and hope in this series, and certainly in this conversation, is to encourage more women to pursue a career in tech, but also to pursue more leadership roles in tech, because tech needs to be available to everybody. And by having more representation at the senior levels of tech, we have the ability to get that done. So thank you so much, Simone, for joining us today. No problem, Raquel. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. I think your, your topic about, you know, really transformational leadership, um, it is very relevant now for that whole EDI conversation that we're starting to have, and I think it's long overdue. Fabulous, fabulous. So we'll start by asking Simone to introduce herself. She is the Vice President and General Manager of Cable and Wireless Flow Trinidad, but to introduce herself in terms of her role and uh, what it entails, and certainly a little bit about how she got there. Sure. So um, uh, as Raka would have said, I um, actually am the first woman to actually run the company. Uh, Tr Flow Trinidad belongs to the cable and wireless group of companies. There are about 17 to 18 markets, both across the English-speaking Caribbean and Latin America. Uh, Trinidad has the ultimate pleasure of being uh, the only fixed only player within our group. We are a subsidiary of a wider group of companies called Liberty Latin America, which I'm sure some of you would have would have um, heard about in the news, um, you know, over the past or so. Um, in my role, again, as I said, first woman to actually head it up. Trinidad is the number three uh, in terms of a cable and wireless um, perspective. And basically what we do is that we connect. We have that one of a kind connection with all the homes within Trinidad. We are the largest um, internet provider, video uh, via you know, cable TV provider within Trinidad. And, you know, for me, my vision is to make this company where flow equals home. So instead of looking at it as just a tech company, it's about, you know, we connect the home, we create opportunities for families to get together, whether it is a movie night that we would have, you know, made available through cable TV or video on demand, or even giving them connectivity to, to explore world beyond their doorstep. Um, and for us, it's about taking that tech and changing it from text and specs and putting it into consumer language. What does that mean for the average person? I think a lot of us in the past uh, 18 to 24 months would have had to quickly pivot from face-to-face -face learning, for example, and having online school, having to actually do your day-to-day -day job um, from home. And we actually were a big enabler of that. And, you know, it, it, it for us, it's trying to see how do we serve the customer? How do we now... Uh, prepare ourselves to have products and services that are future proof, right? So God forbid there's another, you know, uh, how, how do I say it? Life-altering life events to happen that, you know, we make sure that our customers are, are rightfully equipped to handle whatever comes on. And, and again, our aim is to become one of the most desirable places to work in the country. So I think we have our we have, we have quite a lot set up that we'd like to achieve. And, and, and basically it's to, for me, um, like I said, to just flip the script a bit and 
have us be more customer facing and customer understanding. And that's, that's ultimately my, my goal and my vision. Um, how did I get to be here? So I would have said, if you'd asked me 20 something years ago, if I'd be sitting here, I'd be like, no, what are you talking about? Because I didn't think it was possible, right? At least not at this age. I think growing up, most of us, you know, going through secondary school, you had to pick through these very rigid regimens. You know, you're either in natural science, you're either in modern, you're either in business. And there was nothing that kind of brought it all together. And that's what running a company is, right? It's it's, it's an interdisciplinary act because you're a finance person, you're an HR person, you have to study, um, you know, trends, what's going on. So it forces you to draw on a lot of of different different subject areas, let's different say. disciplines, different different life experiences, which is exactly. so important to have different lived experiences at the leadership level. It is, yeah. right? So for me, I, I ultimately was like, okay, well, I want a, a job in the United Nations. My mom was like, well, why? I was like, well, you know, they get to help people and they get to travel. And for me, I thought they lived this very glamorous life. So I was like, well, I'm not quite sure what do I study to do that? And because of it, I felt that, you know, I excused myself from becoming a leader because at that time, being a mom and being a boss didn't necessarily go together, right? You could be a boss of the house and that was it. If you wanted to be the boss of a corporation, um, if you wanted to be the boss of a corporation, what you would have to do is probably either not have kids, right? So you can have your significant other, but no kids, or you can wait for your kids to grow up and be off to college so that they're now self-sufficient rather than you having to to give a, um, to give a, a, what's the word, having to suck to, to give balance or give focus to right. both your, your so The only life. option for women was as an empty nester, for example. Correct, right? Which, and at that like, point. Which is a lot further on in your, in your life. Exactly. So, you know, I, I'm glad that as things progressed and, you know, you started to have like your lean in movements and stuff where they're like, you know, women, you should demand to have a seat at the table, break that glass ceiling and all of that. It was, you know, it was, it was, I guess, the catalyst for a lot of things. But as with everything, you kind of have to evolve. So for me, I kind of live by there's an, this African proverb that says, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that's where topics around EDI, you know, equality, diversity, inclusion, things around allyship start to actually call out the need for everybody to band together to now create that, that well-rounded view of leadership, that well-rounded perspective at the leadership table, because now you're getting a glimpse into everybody's um, experience and you can now, you know, create your own little customize your own little the way you, you want to lead the way you want to put your, your your products and services out there because you have that extra um that extra special secret sauce you know everybody's given their own little perspective so so coming into it I took from my experience I would have started off at one of the other um operators and had the opportunity to kind of move around the Caribbean so I got different perspectives but the one thing that remained consistent is that our industry connects people, right? Mm -hmm. And it connects people to a lot of different things, you know, the opportunity to uplift themselves, et cetera. So it was very easy for me to kind of, you know, make that transition. And I have a woman boss, which also helps. So she also understands that, look, you can't, work-life balance is a myth, 
it doesn't it doesn't exist right you can't be everything to everybody you're either going to be you know a really great CEO or a really great mom you can't be both at the same time and you kind of need to give yourself the opportunity to figure out where are you going to focus right now so if there's a family emergency where it goes to the side you handle your personal business if you're doing your work stuff you you know so it's kind of allowing yourself the ability to to assess and flow and flex yeah, exactly. And, you know, Sharon Christopher said the same thing when when I talked to her. She said, you know, you can have it all, but just not all at the same time. Exactly. That's yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. So, so, that's so, so you essentially stayed in the same industry the whole time, just sort of working your way up from position to position. Um, you know, what was what other than this role? Because I know if I ask you. What yeah. was the interesting of all of the roles? You'd say this one. This one has to be it. But what was well, the most yeah. sort of interesting role on the way where you learned a whole lot that helped prepare you for this one? So I would say um, prior to this, I would have been the senior commercial director for what was prior, um, previously known as our Southern Cluster. So hmm. that entailed a lot of markets. So it was Trinidad, Barbados, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, Grenada, Dominica, and the entire Dutch Caribbean. So it definitely was, while it wasn't um, deep in scope, it was wide in focus. Yeah. So I think what that kind of taught me, it was like, I mean, I have two kids, right? But now this kind of taught me about having like nine kids. And it's all about trying to figure out who do you give attention to? Because they're all asking for your attention. They're all asking for help. They're all, you know, they all want you to help them. But you kind of have to now prioritize because you are one person. So I think that role for me um, helped teach me about prioritizing it also helped me to learn about you know trusting the team and trusting the process and allowing you know at a local level people to kind of have their own autonomy rather than micromanaging so to speak just allow them to say hey well we we need a tiebreaker we need some guidance and basically being a parent but but you know in a work sense if that makes if, if that you know analogy helps um, so that for me would definitely have been the most um, influential, I think, and the most enjoyable because I got to work with so many people from all over the Caribbean, right? And um, just understanding what our products and services mean for their customers and how do we, you know, how are we actually making a difference? Yeah, so you talked about, you know, how your your work and your business was was essential during covid Mm -hmm. And and in many ways, that would have been transformational in terms of, you know, the focus on, on how you do what you do and how you deliver and the requirement that you were now not just entertainment and not just con connectivity, you were now every school, you were, you know, you were, every, you were the chief educator of the country, yeah. everything all in one. How did you, how did you, how did the business and how did you transition to that, that the ability to think about the scope and not get overwhelmed by it? And then what were some of the things that you did to, to allow everybody else or to bring everybody else on that journey? As you said, you know, if you want to go far, go together. So how did you yeah. do that? So I think first and foremost, it was about making sure that our people were okay, right? Because I mean, you think about it, you have you know, your call center agent who's used to coming inside uh, a call center to work now having to exist at home with a baby because there's no daycare, right? So it's all about 
first and foremost, taking care of our staff and letting them know we understood. And what we would have done is that, you know, we came up with um, what we were calling four R's, you know, rotate, recharge, recover, and um, what was the other one? Uh, recognize. So we recognized what they were going through. We encouraged them to take time off. We also gave them the opportunity to kind of move around the business because with, with the place being shut down, it gave them the opportunity to experience other departments within the company um, mm -hmm. without it becoming too disruptive. Then what we focused on was we would have said, hey, listen, um, schools, right? This online learning, not a lot of the schools without having um, the financial wherewithal had either the hardware or the connectivity to allow teachers to now, you know, carry out that learning process to their students. So we decided, all right, let's actually go to the source, which were the schools. How do we get those hybrid digital, you know, smart boards to help them be able to deliver their, their, their um, classes through you know, the internet and through small, you know, basically just move from classroom to online. Then also the next step would have been in identifying students who actually needed equipment. So things like working with the Ministry of Government with our adopt a school program and also our AAA program, we physically gave out laptops to those students in need, right? And then the last piece is about providing affordable connectivity because most when you think about it it's something that maybe you and I take for granted that your home is going to have wi-fi and internet yeah. and for the average home you know stuck at home for six months income isn't coming as it used to they're now being forced to actually make some really tough choices do we yeah. you know pay the lights or pay the internet and and it was about us understanding that shift and being very proactive about it. So some of those are the things that we would have done to, to actually uh, make a difference yeah, and be a, a real good corporate, um, corporate socially responsible um, business. Would you say that was the sort of biggest transformation that you've been a part of or had to lead or, or were there others? Are there any others that you'd want to, to share um, on this transformational leadership journey? No, I think this for me was, it was the biggest one, right? And it's the most significant because I actually get to give back to my country, you know, for, for a change. And the part that I'm most um, proud of is that, you know, the government has identified this whole digital transformation journey that it wants to, you know, push Trinidad. And, and as a private company, this is how we play our part, right? Without, without one waiting on the government to regulate or mandate it or to... Yeah being you know strong arm but but willingly giving of it because as most people would would say you know this is something that you you would have to pay for but we're saying look it doesn't make any sense if let's just give it and, and the entire nation can kind of move forward so you know like I said COVID has been both a blessing and a curse but in telecommunications and in connectivity we've been actually able to become better because of it. You know, we, we took this test into our testament, so to speak, and that's kind of how we, we, we want to be remembered. That's fabulous. You know, it's funny, you're talking about corporate social responsibility and we're looking at that so much in climate, like, you know, how do we get more companies involved and taking a leadership role? I feel like as much as governments are required to do, there's so much ground to cover. And I think they feel often stymied you know, mm -hmm. by figuring out how to prioritize and businesses used to being agile. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, taking that on and, and having that perspective and that, 
um, that moral compass in, in being able to run the business is so very important. And so is, is, was that, is that just a part of the value system of the organization? Did you have to sort of nudge and pull in different directions to say, well, listen, this is the right thing to do? Um, was it influenced at all by your team in saying, well, listen, you know, this is how this is how we feel about it. How does that happen in, in, an, in a large organization like yours? So all of this is actually part and parcel of who we are as a company, right? It's 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 woven into the LLA fabric. It's in our DNA, right? We have to give back. That is the role that we play. So to say that I have, I know. Yeah, it's Liberty Latin America. So that's our parent company. So we have, you know, uh, uh, our company philosophy. It is grounded in understanding the role we play the importance of the services that we provide and you know not underestimating the influence that we as a private entity yeah. um, can have on the countries within which we operate you know our whole esg um, portfolio also reinforces what we do so our csr stuff is based on things like access and care and and you know we, we we're a people company and we want to make sure that we um we want to make sure that we, we actually do these things to make sure that people are connected and that they see the good that we're doing. I think that's great. I think that's great. So what's your leadership style? Um, I would say that I'm very empowering. Okay. I think it's, it's, it's all about letting people feel that they have enough autonomy to, to do what they need to do. So my, my first thing would be I establish this is what we need to achieve. Mm-hmm. But I will allow you as a subject matter expert to figure out how do we get there, yeah. right? Um, so it's all about allowing the team to grow on their own, right? If you have to fail, fail fast, we figure it out as a team and we move on. Um, and it's about you know lifting as I climb, right? So I look at my entire senior leadership team and it's 84% women, right? And it's about right. women being um, formally and officially recognized for the roles that they play in tech like you said right rather than being you know hiding behind their male counterpart for example Mm -hmm. so I it's it's and it's about being authentic right um like I said earlier I am a mom so I don't pretend to have it all together I don't pretend as though um emergencies don't happen but you know I create this atmosphere of understanding that hey we're just everyday people trying to do our best here and and you know it's okay. And, and that's, that's basically my style. It's, it's, it's very natural. I would say very ground down to earth, but at the end of it, it's about making our people feel empowered that they are able to grow in their roles, you know, and it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to take risks, you know, cause at the end of the day, you, you don't lose, right. You either win or learn. And, yes. and that's, yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's what we're about. It's so funny. It's that's come up so many times, huh? And 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 that's really important that we understand that 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 dynam- dynamic. You know, so I would have left tech maybe like official tech 2018, and and um, I I would have been you know in tech almost all my career up to 2018, and um, you know we talk a lot about leading in tech as a woman and having to lead men and having to sort of flex with what are the expectations of women and how women are supposed to lead you know have you had any of that and and how do you deal with it 
No, luckily I haven't. A lot of the men uh, that I've interacted with are too, like, like I said, they're all allies, right? They all understand that for us, this is um, uncharted territory and that yeah. we need their support, right? Not only do we need their support from a mentorship perspective, but also from a sponsorship perspective, right? Because the two are very different. Mm -hmm. You know, behind those closed doors that are still predominantly the old boys club, we yeah. need somebody to, to speak up and vouch for us. Um, so I would have to say, and again, I think it's coming, it, it all comes back to organizational culture. And at LLA, we are quite progressive. And um, a lot of the males in leadership recognize and, and really take on that whole allyship um, hat, you know, very seriously. Uh, so I, I'd have to say I'm probably one of the lucky women. I've never had to, you know, see that flex and square off with anybody at all because it's, it's really and truly an organization of understanding, empowerment, and just making sure that because you know you you want your customers to feel that they could relate, right? They take yeah. a look at a management team and they're like, none of these people look like me. So how can I expect them to know what products and services resonate? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So who have been some of the people who've helped you on this journey? So for me, I'm not the one thing that I would have said is that early on I recognized that you know you had to be willing to show that you were vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And and I and let me let me let me explain what I mean by that. Um, I think every ambitious young upcoming professional kind of wants to give off the air that they have it all together. They know everything, right? And that can kind of yeah, it can work to your advantage because you can kind of you know fake it till you make it. But at the same time, it can also work to your disadvantage because then they're like, well, okay, if you don't, if you you know you know everything, then you don't need help. Yeah. So for me, starting so, you know, off very early in when I say very early in my career, I'm talking. 25 26 I think of my mom at that time she'd already had two kids it's like working for 10 years for me you know I was like okay well what do I want out of this I really enjoy the industry I think telco like like no two days are ever the same no, right no, no. It, it's 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 one of those very dynamic industries where you think you're worried about competition next door there's tech competition coming whether it's you know SpaceX with Elon Musk or, or you know, yes, disruptors and Facebook. It's just, it's just from, it's just all over. So it just keeps things interesting. And I was like, I really enjoy this. I really like this. You know, I, one uh -huh. of the most interesting pieces for me that in early in my tech career, I would, I because stuff would go wrong in the middle of the night, invariably. I mm -hmm. still to this day, if you call me at four a.m., I will like wake up out of deep. <laughs> Hello, can I help you? <laughs> like literally like I'm conference call ready at 2 a.m oh and I've never God. lost that I love that about tech it, it's absolutely never dull moment yeah like, and you, servers just behave for half an hour you're like please I'm just banging I just have one 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 night of uninterrupted sleep but you know like I said it, it keeps you on your toes too yes. right so yeah. so for me I remember one time and I, I, this was very early on when there weren't as many women it was it was men I remember one time I saw a program I wanted to enroll in and I went to my CEO at the time now for me he was like a father figure he was one of those that if I disappointed him like I was literally moved to tears like the relationship was that close no because you know I he he was supportive he helped and I remember sitting across from him um at his desk and I say hey I want to enroll in this program but it would mean that I need to leave work early a few you know a few days a week and then he says to me, 
um, yeah, well, if I'm looking for a replacement for the head of marketing, I'm not looking for an MBA. And I remember telling him, well, that's cute. I don't want to be the head of marketing. I want your job. You know, and he kind of, <laughs> love it. Kind of rocked back and he started to laugh. I was like, yeah, that, I mean, I'm, I'm we're being, we're being honest, right? It's like, I, don't I love it. To- so how, what, <laughs> what point in the career was this? Cause you know, it's funny as I've been having all of these conversations, there have not been a lot of women who've said, you know what, I want that role. And yeah. we definitely need more women to say, yeah. I want that role. Yeah, I told that. I, I would have said I would have been maybe about six years in to tell. Nice. Me, nice. Right? So it was pretty early on. And I said, I want that job. But remember, I also have in the back of my mind that I can get there. It just means that if I wanted kids, it'll have to be after. Or right. I would have to make a, a sacrifice to say, well, no kids if I want to get there sooner rather than later. Right. So I remember him, you know, kind of rocking back and laughing. And I said, yeah, I said, look, I'm not going to be naive about it. I don't want to be overlooked for the position because they're like, oh, she doesn't have an MBA, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's let's be let's be frank, right? When it comes to it, they, there are there are certain things that are going to um, either give you a leg up, yeah, or yeah. you're going to be disqualified. Oh, well, exactly, right. yeah. So, so I said that to him. So that was one. And then the other one, I mean, early on also, I was quite passionate about what I did and very frustrated. And, and I had one, I was typical, typical emotional woman. You know, if the agency didn't deliver, the campaign wasn't doing well, burst into tears kind of thing. And I had a, a boss also sitting down and he's like, listen, what I'm about to say to you is probably not the most politically correct thing to say, but you could be anything in this company if you would stop being such a woman. <laughs> I mean, when I, when I, I know he was, but he was right though. But what he was trying to say to me is. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me what he was trying to say. Cause I want to hear that. He was I trying to say, you see that passion. You need to find another way to express that passion mm. because breaking down and there's a difference between being emotional and serving an emotion, right? He said, mm. look at your audience. What do they see? They see someone who cannot self-regulate. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is going to work against you. I mean, wow. he, but, but he, you know, it was, it was invaluable experience. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and learning the difference between being emotional and serving an emotion, express that you're frustrated. Yeah. Say you're frustrated. Use yeah. your word. Right. And then what I'm having that conversation a lot in this house. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine. Right. So it's <laughs> kind of like, it's kind of like, how do you, how do you? So, so there are, there are those, two men early on and then now my present boss like she is such an inspiration and such a role model to me because you know she's coming from a non-telco background but she understands consumers Mm -hmm. and she understands people and she knows how to get the best out of people so for me she creates that psychological safety where I can be myself if I'm having a hard day I'm like look it's just not working out for me today um I know you're expecting x the best i can do is y and she allows me to kind of go through uh those highs and lows because it's very hard to disconnect the person from the role yeah. right yeah and yeah and it's, she it's, it's not hard it's impossible you are yourself in every scenario yeah and she demonstrates she shows to us also it's okay to be vulnerable it's actually a, it's actually oh a strength Yes. Right, so are you are you a Brene Brown fan? Yes. 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 Right. She talks about the power of vulnerability, and that's yeah. so important. Yeah. So she, for me, is kind of like my north star of 
what I want to be as a female leader, you know, mm-hmm. and of course I'm ultra protective of us. It's like, what do you need us to do? What do we need to achieve? And I'm just kind of there, like, you know, chief worker, work and be behind getting it done. So she looks good because, you know, I, her influence is just so inspiring and it's so moving, you know, that I'm like, yeah, I can, I can get this done. And you know what? I don't have to pretend to be a machine Mm. who's not going through. I can show, I can show that. And that for me is, is, I don't think any man would really show us how powerful he is. So in a way, I'm kind of glad that she's in that seat. So I can see myself in her and then use that, um, in the way that I lead my team, yeah, you know, and, and become, become stronger and better for it. Oh my gosh. What amazing, what an amazing sort of growth environment to help you yeah. to become the best leader that you can. I should sure. talk to her. Yes, you should. I can give you her answer. She is, I would she love is to. for me. I mean, I cannot, I can't, words cannot describe just how. Well, the thing is, I'm a fangirl of yours. So if you're a fangirl of hers, listen. <laughs> she's, she's, she's like, like, I, I, she is, she is something special. And, oh, and she's trying to for our industry and for our company. Um, I don't think anybody else could do it. Nice. Uh, and, that's, and that's why we need such a variety of people at the leadership level. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That Definitely. are bringing different skills and new perspectives and new ways of doing things. So was, so the, the advice, the, the off-color advice you received, was that the best advice you received? Well, I mean, I think they were all, I had to kind of, they were all part of the journey, right? Because let me put it this way. I've never cried on the job since that conversation. So, you know, it did, it did what it needed to do. Um, and I, it was funny. I, I came across, um, I think it was a Harvard Business Review article about, about what, you know, usually they say being emotional is bad and, and stuff like that. And it's, you know, now, now makes sense. Um, but for me, I think it's more being unapologetic about going after sponsors rather than mentors. Uh, because like I said, there's, there is a difference, right? A mentor yeah. will teach you how to do things, but you need that person to vouch for you. Yeah. Behind closed doors and to use that, um, what, what do you call it? That professional capital to yeah. your, to your benefit. And, and, yeah. and it was, it was establishing those relationships that I think, you know, came from me willingly putting aside my ego to say, look, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. If I see someone who has answers to some of the questions that I, I want to, you know, I need to ask, I'll align myself there and mm-hmm. use that to kind of groom myself into the person that I want to become. Fabulous. Have you read um, uh, Ursula Burns, Where You Are Is Not Who You Are? No, I haven't. I should put that on my reading list. Absolutely. And she talks about, right. you know, the, the, the sponsors that she's had and how that worked for her on her leadership journey. And it, and it was really, really, well, I mean, the book is, is endearing. It's funny. It's wonderful. Um, but I, I'd absolutely recommend that book as well. Sure. I would I yeah. put that on my list. See if I can pick that one up. Yeah, I know. It's, it's fabulous. Well, Simone, thank you so much for having this chat with me. It was my absolute pleasure. Like I said, I think, you know, we're fortunate to be where we are because of the people in our lives and also because of, you know, that, um, our tenacity. Let's, let's be honest. I don't think our journeys have been um, 
as smooth, you know, <laughs> as easy for some, yeah. um, but it's about paying it forward. You know, anybody who looks like me, who has the same type of aspirations, they can now also see themselves in this role uh, rather than thinking, well, I don't really see any, there's <laughs> nothing to aspire to here because I don't, I don't look like them. Yeah. Um, that is, you know, that's, that's, that's part of, of the, the difference that we will make. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us at another wonderful episode of Getting to the Top, where we talk to transformational leaders about their transformational journey. And, uh, you know, I learned so much from you, Simone, and and I can't wait to see you again, person to person, because Simone is an absolute hoot and hilarious to hang out with. (laughs) She's also a, a ridiculous perfectionist when it comes to entertaining, so what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> no, she's one of those people like when you when you, when you've been when you've been you know fettered by someone you're like yes I know you'd be good at your job because you are like precision and even even about fun which is great I, I try I do try I do try <laughs> rock out all right best of luck thank you right. take care love see ya bye bye, bye. bye.